This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Pro Football Chase podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you, along with my co-host, NFL Safety, J.J. Wilcox, as we get ready for week six of the NFL season. Now, J.J., we just wrapped up week five. Looking forward to breaking down some of these storylines and a lot to discuss but first things first mm-hmm. brother how are you doing on this tuesday morning i'm doing good man doing good got the good coffee this morning uh they give me a good workout in a little later uh like i said watching good football last night the kansas city chiefs are on a roll and i'm excited man to be on the cast and get rolling well let's go ahead and start the podcast by going with our player of the week now before i get there though i just want to give an update to the listeners I had my best week of predictions, 12 and 4 in week 5, so I'm pretty happy about that. I was 5 and 11 week 1, 9 and 7 week 2, 10 and 5 week 3, 8 and 8 last week, but 12 and 4 in week 5, so I'm looking to build on that, JJ. I know that you picked about 3 or 4 games different, so you were above 500 for sure. I'm sure both of us were going to continue to uptick that number. Yeah, man, it was a lot of good, a lot of good games this weekend. Like I said, man, you must, you must have an insider over there because you're on the ball right now. But um, neither the less, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for my picks. They did a great job. It was a lot of great football too. All right, man. So player of the week, JJ. I'm gonna go first here. I'm gonna go with Saints tight end Taysom Hill. He was an absolute scoring machine on Sunday. The Saints Swiss RB knife. He unleashed an uncanny performance on Sunday. That helped propel the Saints to a big-time victory over the Seahawks. We talked about the importance of that game for New Orleans. Hill posted four total touchdowns, three rushing, one passing on his way to 112 rushing yards, 22 passing yards, 39-32 win over the Seahawks. Now, J.J., Taysom Hill's been that type of guy that can play versatile roles for many years. Sean Payton brought him along. And a guy that is just one of those ultimate team guys and here's I think the most special part of his performance he'll join Bears Hall of Fame running back Walter Payton in a rare impressive stat on Sunday they are now the only two players in the Super Bowl era with 20 rushing touchdowns eight passing and six receiving according to NFL research so Taysom Hill certainly in good company absolutely man uh to be in a, a selection like that with one of the greatest of all times to ever play the game, 
And um, to have that accomplishment, man, says a lot about Tyson Hill. When he get a chance, man, he's a guy that don't complain. He's not a guy that's always in the news or in the media. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of praise for what he does. But when he does get out there, he make plays and make highlights, man. And congratulations to Tyson Hill, man, and, and the accolade that he reached as well as getting the, uh, getting the win as well. Yeah, my week five um, top player this week for me was Saquon, man. This guy here just keep delivering. He keep on performing. Saquon Barkley for the Giants. Uh, he just keep doing it. He's in the Wildcat. He's out wide. He's in the running back position. Like I say, they don't have a lot of firepower outside of receivers, but that's no job. That's no task. That's less than for Saquon to do, man. He just keep running between the tackles, breaking tackles. Uh, yards per average is, is above four to five yards of average. You can't ask for that. That's hard to do in the NFL this league in the league that's so hard to run the ball in nowadays. But Saquon Barkley, man, this guy's just coming back. A lot of people had a lot of bad things to say about him last year. I didn't know how he was going to shape back from uh, his ACL as well. But this guy just keep performing and keep proving wrong, man, to keep running the rock rail. So my hat off to Saquon this week. Yeah, big part of why the Giants are 4-1. and one. And for many people, he is currently the front runner for Offensive Player of the Year. He's done it all for the Giants and certainly – Really cool to see him back running the dominant fashion that we saw him in his rookie season. So that's always a breath of fresh air. But next storyline here, JJ, that we're going to just touch briefly on. The Panthers did finally pull the trigger on Matt Rule. They fired him one in four start. They announced it yesterday morning. They hired him in January of 2020, and he was a hot name, hot commodity at the time in the NFL coaching carousel. David Tepper, the new Panthers owner, signed him to a seven years, $62 million deal, pried him away from Baylor, but JJ, things didn't quite go his way in Carolina, 11 and 27 as a Panthers coach. They had an embarrassing 37-15 loss to the Niners on Sunday, and that was the final straw for Matt Rule's tenure, 5-11 in year one, 5-12 in 2021, and then getting off to that 1-4 start this year just didn't help his cause. So Matt Rule, the first NFL head coach fired this season. Needless to say, man, Carolina Panthers uh, never want to see anybody get get fired or, or cut, cut cut short in the middle of the season. Um, it's unfortunate for him as well, Matt Rule. Um, I think he did a great thing. I think Carolina just haven't had the opportunity to get over the hump since Cam Newton really took him to the Super Bowl in 2015. They had a lot of key pieces that left from free agency. Luke Klukley, uh retired and a lot of great players like that in the source left in free agency as well. So um, I think it was just hard for them to kind of get over the hump. I think there'll be a team that may be interested in building, building young and, and coming back strong, but they're in the hard division as well because we see Atlanta's putting up some points along with Tampa Bay and as well as with New Orleans Saints too. Now just to recap real quick, the quarterbacks that Matt Rule had in Carolina, Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton. This was, of course, not the prime Cam Newton. This is an older Cam Newton that was – Kind of already on his way out, Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, and then Baker Mayfield. So quarterback selection wasn't too good for Matt Rule in Carolina. Nonetheless, you know, they did pass up quite a bit of quarterbacks in the draft, including Justin Fields. So it falls on him as well. Unfortunate, I got to meet Matt Rule when he was at Baylor. So I'm always going to be supporting him, and, and maybe he'll end up back in the college ranks. J.J., he's well-respected there. He turned around the Temple program and the Baylor program. Yep. We'll see. What's next for Matt Rule and, of course, the Carolina Panthers as they now go with Steve Wilkes as their interim head coach. Now, biggest takeaway, J.J., from week five. I'm going to go first here, and I'm a little bit heated about this topic because I watched the game live on Sunday. That roughing the passer penalty that was called on Grady Jarrett 
when he brought down Tom Brady on Sunday yeah. was absolute ludicrous, JJ. I don't know what is going on here with NFL officials. Now, Tom Brady's 45 years old, and the referees mind they think he's fragile, but guess what? Nobody is forcing Tom Brady to be out on the field. Brady right. chooses to be out there playing the quarterback position, knowing fully well of the incredible athletes that are out there on the defensive line coming after him. But I'm just saying, you know, the Falcons, they made a push. They were trailing 21 zip at one point. They put 15 unanswered points. And that was a third down sack that would have given him the ball back with an opportunity to go down the field and win the game. But that roughing the passer penalty, you know, that just killed the Falcons' chances of a comeback at all. This is tackle football. He didn't do anything out of the ordinary. It was a a play. I mean, I don't know what you want defensive players to do anymore. Do you want them to get a pillow and lay down the quarterbacks on the turf? I mean, you're not wearing flags out there either, right? (laughs) So... I do think NFL officials need to be held accountable, J.J., if it means fining them or giving them suspensions because some of these calls, J.J., they affect players and they affect coaches. A loss gets a player fired, man, or a player, you know what I mean? And you know that, J.J., and so for me, standing kind of on that player side of things, I certainly think something needs to be done. Yep, I agree with you on that, man. Like I say, it's a lot of people that – um, has a lot of stuff to lose when it comes to players and calls and different things of that sort. Coaches as well, because like I said, that could have been a make or break. That could have been momentum for the Atlanta Falcons. Who said, you know, who could have went down there and got a drive? They was they was coming back in a great team victory and a great team um, uh, comeback as well. They was doing a great job of putting some things together. And like I say, to come down to one play like that and one call, it's pretty tough on a player as well, because you, you got to think it's not easy to get back there to set this quarterback, get alone to make a uh, I'll, I'll try to make a perfect tackle. I mean, we're, we're not in an ideal where anything is kind of perfect. So uh, I think the NFL referees need to do a better job as well. I think they need to be accountable, like you said, uh, suspensions or fines or different things of that sort, because these calls can make or break a team, yet along a player. And um, it can cost them, you know, un, 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 things that's, that's, that's unnecessary. And before you go with your biggest takeaway, JJ, last night we saw another BS call a roughing the passer penalty that went on Chris mm-hmm. Jones when he brought down Derek Carr that changed the game as well because it ended up giving the Raiders a field goal right. because it put him in field goal position. Now, Chris Jones, I mean, he went out there and brought down Derek Carr and he knocked the ball loose before he even right. brought down Derek Carr, you know? Right. So that's another blemish on the NFL officials' reputation. The fans at Arrowhead did not let them off the hook with that one booing for about 15 minutes straight, but something needs to be done there. Yeah, I agree. That my, my biggest takeaway take was going to be the Chris Jones as well as Devontae Adams situation. Um, I don't want fans to think that uh, Devontae Adams did that on purpose. I don't know his intentions, but I can just tell that he was frustrated. Uh, the guy ran across in front of him. Um, and like I said, you you coming off a, a loss where you think you might have should have won. And like I say, emotions is high at the time. Um, I'm not speaking for him. I'm just speaking from a guy that actually played the game. And um, yet alone, you have somebody that just kind of in front of you, and, and, and like I say, you got a lot going on. You got a lot of frustration that's going on. You wanted to get that dub, and you have a guy that you don't even know walk across slowly in front of you, and you're trying to get it to the locker room to get your emotions gathered together. So I think it was just a bang-bang play, and it just happened to be the guy, the cameraman that was in front of him to kind of get hit. And as well as for Chris Jones, he's doing a great job. He's been doing a great job over the last couple of years of getting back to the quarterback, and that was a great play, and I think that referee as well should be held accountable for his actions 
for a call like that. Um, that was um, that was a good play by Chris Jones. Well, the Associated Press, uh, an insider there, put out this morning that they're going to meet regarding the high intensity with these roughing the passer calls. They said that they're not expected to make any changes to the roughing the passer penalty this season, but there certainly needs to be some compromise. I've always said it. Find them, suspend these referees. Why not? They hold you all to the same standard, JJ. If you come in later, they call a, a helmet to helmet, you're going to get that fine in the mail. And so for officials, I think right, they right, should right. have that same type of protocol. They make a bad, blatant call that affects the game, then they need to be held accountable because this cannot stand in the NFL. And the last thing you want to happen this season is for a playoff game or a Super Bowl to be determined by one of those calls. And so they need to get that sorted out very quickly. Roger Goodell has a lot of work to do. And uh, we'll see what happens. But definitely the fallout is pretty immense this morning on Tuesday as we get ready for week six. Now we're going to segue to those game picks, JJ. There are four teams on a bye week, the Detroit Lions, the Houston Texans, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Tennessee Titans. But Thursday night, we start week six, and it's not the most exciting matchup on paper, but it is football. The Washington Commanders, one and four, taking on the Chicago Bears, two and three, 7.15 p.m. Central Time kickoff on Prime Video. JJ, who are you going to roll with here? Um... That's a tough one, man. I know it's not the most um, probably prolific game. I think this game will be come down to defense. I think it's going to come down to who can um, sustain the offensive drives this this week. Um, I, I like. I'm, I'm gonna go with Chicago. I think Chicago is due for a win. Um, and they had a good tough game up in Minnesota as well as the Giants and, and things like that and that sort. So they're not too far off. I think they could sustain some blocks on the offensive lines, give Justin Fields some time to look down the field. Uh, they do got Nikhil Harrell coming back as well. I think he'll be a, a nice access to add on the outside as well with the running game. Uh, the defense is playing good. There's only so much you can do on the defensive side of the ball. So I like Chicago Bears here. I like the Bears too. They're going to get that run game going with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. Also, you mentioned Nikhil Harry. Darnell Mooney starting to play a little bit better on the outside, being that target that the Bears thought he was at the beginning of the season. Cole Komet, they need to get him more involved, the big tight end over the middle of the field. Defensively, they may be getting their number one cornerback, Jalen Johnson, back from injury, so that'll help their cause. I will say for Washington, and I always say with them, they are a little bit dangerous because of that D-line with Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Davis, the linebacker. Those guys can wreak some havoc for opposing offenses, so Justin Fields and that Bears offensive line that has been rather inconsistent this season. They're going to have to be very careful trying to count for that type of front seven. But I think Justin Fields, he showed some things against the Minnesota Vikings on the road. I think he does just enough. And with the help of Roquan Smith in that defense, they get a 19-16 win over the Washington Commanders on Thursday night at home. So now here we go. Next matchup here, 49ers at Falcons. The 49ers are 3-2, J.J. Falcons 2-3. and three. We just talked about that loss at Tampa Bay. The resiliency down a lot of players. Corderell Patterson on injured reserve. They're also without Kyle Pitts. We'll see what his availability is this Sunday. I expect this game to be close. I'm going to go with the Niners, though. 23-17. I think San Francisco right now, that defense is playing at another level with the Mecca Ryans. Now, unfortunately... They lost Emmanuel Mosley for the season with a torn ACL, so that is their number one corner. Jason Verrett, though, should be close to returning. 
Bosa is out with a groin injury. We'll see what his status is. So they are banged up, but I'm still going to go with that Niners defense. Fred Werner, I think, will do a good job bleeding that defense. And offensively, Jimmy G's doing what he's supposed to do. He's been efficient with the ball. Debo Samuel and also getting Jeff Wilson going in the run game. So 23-17, I think the Niners barely take it. Yeah, the 49ers is playing some good ball, man. D'Amico Ryan's got that defense flying around. He got him blitzing inside and doing this playing in zone. He got um, a lot of those young players playing some great ball. Um, the offense is doing a great job. Jimmy Garoppolo is, is playing conservative ball, doing a great job of not turning the ball over, giving it to his players. Uh, Debo Samuel is having a great year that we knew he would have. Uh, Kittle was getting back into the groove as well. But I like the Falcons here, man. I'm going to go with the home team here. Uh, I like what Atlanta's doing. I think they got snug of one last week. I think they're going to use that motivation and put that chip on their shoulder uh, to give them some motivation here at the hometown. I think that gave them some confidence to know that they can go down there in Tampa Bay and play a great game like they did against a great team. And I think they're going to use that and, and they come in and run the ball that they did uh, the previous game to, to Cleveland Browns, and their defense is going to feed off of it in the home crowd as well. And I think they get a chance to get it done in the close one. Patriots at Browns. Patriots coming off an impressive shutout victory over the Detroit Lions. Bailey Zappi, how about that? The rookie getting his first win and his first NFL career start. Now, the status of Mac Jones is unknown at this time since it's so early in the week. But if Mac Jones can't go again, it'll be Bailey Zappi yet again. They're going to Cleveland to take on a Browns team. That blew a lead to the Chargers, J.J. They started off hot, but they lost another one. And Kevin Stefanski has been under fire over there for some of those late-game decisions. You know that there's still several weeks before they get Watson back from suspension. So Jacoby Brissett will continue to operate as their quarterback. Now here, this was a tough game for me to pick here, J.J. I'm going to go with the Browns, though, 24-17. They have to get it right this time. They're going to be at home. Chubb and Kareem Hunt have to continue to be the DNA on that offense. The offensive line, I believe, is going to have to play better because New England defensively, they're stout, man. The corners, they have some young corners, Jonathan Jones, that are playing really solid football. So they're going to have to be on their A game. I'm going to give it to Cleveland, though. I think they're able to make enough plays. Amari Cooper on the outside, and then defensively, hopefully they can have Garrett and Jadavion Clowney fully healthy on that D-line. I like Cleveland here, 24-17. Yeah, I like Cleveland. I do like Cleveland. I like what they're doing. Like I say, unfortunately, they lost a close one. Um, but I think if they get back to their DNA, which is running the ball, uh, running with the two-head monster that they got, let the defensive uh, pass rush get after the quarterback, uh, let the secondary be able to home in and do different things on, uh, on the rookie quarterback back there as well. I do like New England too, but I think Cleveland Browns going to pull it off here as well. Now, this is a very interesting matchup coming up right here, J.J. The Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 right? My upset pick of the week last week. They got the blowout victory over the Dolphins. They're taking on the road. They're 3-2, and two, over 500. Now, they're going to Lambeau to take on a Packers team that has been very underwhelming this season, that lost to the Giants in London. This combobulated, I think, would be a good term to describe them. I am very intrigued. And I almost want to go with the Jets here, but I'm going to give it to Green Bay just because they're at home. Mm. LaFleur and Rodgers will find a way to clean up some of those miscues. Defensively, a unit that has been very disappointing for Joe Barry. They have all their talent there, J.J., Rayshon Gary, Jair Alexander, Adrian Amos in the backfield, Devontae Campbell, they brought him back, Preston Smith. This is a game that they need to show up 
and play, especially in front of their home fans. Unless they want to be booed off their home turf, they better show up to play, and I think they do just enough. 26-23 by a field goal over the Jets. I think the Green Bay Packers get a win. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's due time for Green Bay to do that as well. Um, I, I've seen some things in the article. I know Jair Alexander said some things about if they don't get this win next week, it's going to be this and that. I know Aaron Rodgers was displeased with that. Um, so I don't know what's going on in the locker room, but I know Aaron Rodgers is a veteran guy with a great presence um, that's going to fix anything or any type of doubt. Uh, it's hard to go against a guy that, that plays at his caliber and also with the two running backs that he have as well. But um, I like the Jets and what they're doing, man. I think Green Bay is going to figure out maybe down the road. But for right now, I think the Jets is riding their wave. They're riding the momentum. Bryce Hall is running, running the ball good. And I think Green Bay, we always know they had a hard time always stopping the run. So um, if, the, if the Jets can do what they can do, control Aaron Rodgers, keep him to a minimum, uh, run the ball down to Green Bay defense, I think they have a good, have a good job of coming up with the win. So uh, I like the New York Jets here. Jaguars at Colts here. The Jaguars, very surprising team. I mean, they started off really hot, had that big win against the Chargers. But Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. We're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. And they've dropped some uncharacteristic games. Lost to the Houston Texans at home. They're 2-3 and three now. Taking on a Colts team that they themselves have fallen short of expectations. JJ, 2-2-1. Two, two and one. We all know they played that snoozer of a game in primetime against the Broncos. And they ended up with a win, but it wasn't yeah. impressive by any means. Here, I'm going to go with the home team. I'll go with the Colts here with the expectation that Jonathan Taylor is going to be healthy and back on the field. As long as he's there and they can get that run game going, I don't see a reason as to why the Colts shouldn't win this game at home. Defensively, we'll see if they can get Shaq Leonard back out on the field, their yeah. leader. But the Jaguars, J.J., Trevor Lawrence has just been way too up and down. Like he's riding a roller coaster, making some bad decisions, turning the ball over. Defensively, they have had some breakdowns in the secondary. Right now, things are unraveling a little bit for Doug Peterson. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be close still, but I'm going to go with Indy here, 2017. Yeah, I like Indy at home. 
Uh, if Indy was going to Jacksonville, I would have to go with Jacksonville. But like you say, Trevor Lawrence is still having some imbalance, some inequalities. I think he's still trying to figure out as well. He's still kind of young, uh, has a new coach as well, Doug Peterson, what he's doing. The defense is also has a new defensive coordinator in Caldwell. And I think, like I say, they they built what they have. They have a great core sense of things there. But I think Indy is time to for them to kind of show what they can do. It's time for Matt Ryan to show why they brought him there. Jonathan Taylor is why he's the reigning uh, rushing MVP. And I think, you know, that defense is going to rally off of that. They do a good job of winning at home. So I like Andy at home as well. Vikings 4-1 and one at Miami Dolphins 3-2. and two. two straight losses for the Dolphins, obviously being banged up. Tua, we're not sure about his availability. Head coach Mike McDaniel said yesterday that he still doesn't have a timetable. If Tua is unable to play, Teddy Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson will start again. JJ, I'm going to be pretty clear and concise with this one. I think the Vikings get this win right now. The Dolphins secondary has not played up to standard. Xavier Howard was out with the groin injury on Sunday, but they're getting torched. I think they're one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. And with Minnesota coming to town and that high-flying offense with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and then Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison getting the job done on the ground, Minnesota goes into Miami and gets a win rather easily. Now, 26-17 is what I have it. Miami, they're going to have to rely a lot more on that run game, especially if Tua's out again, and maybe get Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle more involved in those quick bubble screens, maybe some reverse plays, get those guys the ball in space. But, yeah, I don't think it'll be enough. Minnesota's playing really good right now. They mm-hmm. get the job done by nine. Yeah, Minnesota's playing some great defense. Uh, their two receivers is playing great. Uh, we know that, well, as we know what kind of caliber receivers they have. Um, I think Kirk Cousins is doing a good job of being conservative. Um, doing great things in the play action run as well. Devin Cook is doing good at keeping them healthy and they have medicine behind him as well too. So uh, I like Minnesota and what they're doing. I think their defense is just going to be a little too much for Miami. I think Miami is still battling the emotionals of things with Tua and also uh, with Bridgewater being out as well. Like you said, the defense can't um, really get it together right now. And I just think Minnesota is just on the roll right now to get it done. So I like Minnesota as well. All right, Bengals 2-3 and three at the Saints 2-3. and three. They're going to New Orleans, which is one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. JJ, do you think who that nation gets the win here? Um, I, I, I think it's time. I think, like I said, I think they did a good job of getting pulling it off with, um, I guess, a good team in Seattle last week. Geno Smith did a great job of doing great things, but their defense rallied together and got it done. So I think who that actually does get a chance to pull it through. I think they're kind of getting back on the comfortable side of things, getting the groove of things. The defense is finally playing great ball together. We all knew they had a lot of new additions to that defense. So um, I think what's that added in is also with Tyson Hill compliments that offense to have a Camaro becoming back being healthy as well I like who that nation right now not so fast as Lee Corso says uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Bengals here I think they get the job done I understand they're coming off a loss a tough one at that in Baltimore they fell just short and you know the offense still does not look as explosive as they did last season I guess Super Bowl slump as you could say where Zach Taylor hasn't necessarily been dialing up the right play calls on offense defensively. I think they've done enough. I mean, Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard have been a consistent force in the backfield. But Joe Burrow, it's only a matter of time before he figures things out and before he's able to get enough time in the pocket to deliver the ball down the field to his weapons. Now, T. Higgins was active, but he didn't play due to an ankle injury. So that did indeed impact the game because he is a big impact player now. 
I'm going to go with the Bengals here, 27-23 over the New Orleans Saints. Now, we'll see what the word is on Jameis Winston. If he's ruled out again with those four back fractures, it'll be Andy Dalton again, who's played very well. But I think since he's able to go into a hostile environment and get this ship back on track, get back to 500, so 27-23, I have Cincy winning in New Orleans. Now, fascinating matchup here. The Ravens, 3-2, now leading the AFC North, taking on the 4-1 New York Giants at MetLife Stadium, JJ. And this is a, a rather interesting one, more so because Wink Martindale is going to play his former team. He was a former DC in Baltimore, and you know he's a very aggressive defensive mind. Here, I'm still going to ride with the Baltimore Ravens, 30-24. to Lamar Jackson's playing at another level right now with J.K. Dobbins running the ball well. And Mark Andrews, is the guy cannot be contained. And the Giants, you know, I give them an immense amount of credit. They have played tremendous football considering the circumstances and the lack of wide receivers. And Brian DeBall right now I think is making a case to be coach of the year because he is doing a master class in New York. And they're going to play the Ravens tight, no doubt about it. But the Ravens right now have that edge with Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey playing better football on the back end. So Baltimore 30-24. Yeah, this this one, this game, this matchup is a little bit uh, different. It's not so easy just to pick one side. And back in the days, you know, you used to could say uh, the Ravens are going to run away with it. But like I said, the Giants are playing great ball. I think they got an MVP in the backfield with Saquon. But like to you, to like your likings and what you said, I like Lamar Jackson and what he's doing. Andrews is playing great ball. He's unstoppable in the seams and and at a tight end position. Dobbins is getting his feet underneath him. He's playing some great ball. The defense has always been good and scrappy. And I think it's just going to be a little too much for Daniel Jones. And, and that crew up in the Giants. So I like the Ravens as well. Buccaneers at Steelers. Tampa with the win. They're 3-2. and two. The Steelers 1-4. and four. You and I talked about this on Sunday, JJ. Pittsburgh, one of your former teams. You know, going with Kenny Pickett, Mike Tomlin is probably facing a lot of uncertainty. And the seat's getting a little bit warm in Pittsburgh. People are starting to question. Maybe he went to the rookie quarterback a little bit too early. But they got throttled by Buffalo as expected, right? But I think things were a little bit worse. When you're an NFL team, you expect to at least be within range. But that was just an absolute crushing defeat in Buffalo. They returned home to take on the Tampa Bay Bucks here, JJ. I mean, Tampa's defense is one of the best in the league. Todd Bowles has those guys playing good. The defense has never been really an issue for Tampa this year with Levante David and Devin White and Vita Vea, you know, Shaq Barrett. Those guys get after quarterbacks, and I think they're going to come right after Kenny Pickett. Najee Harris has not been able to get anything going offensively in Pittsburgh, and that factors the offensive line not getting the job done. I like Tampa here, though, you know, 24-13, even though Tampa's offense has kind of looked a little stuck in the mud recently, but they'll do enough in Pittsburgh. And, of course, led by that defense, I expect them to make life very difficult for Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I, I knew going into Buffalo that was going to be tough, especially on the circumstances that they did. Like I said, they did a quarterback change in the middle of the game the week before, and then you you know you throw picking into the mix like that with a great Buffalo team that's like I say probably one of the best in the AFC right now um, going into. Um, week six right now. So, um, like I say, Tampa Bay Buccaneers is playing some great ball. Their defense has always been sound on the Todd Bowles. Um, Tom Brady is, like I say, he's going to get 
Um, He's going to do what Tom Brady does, man, is that's find a way to get a dub and get a win. I think some of his players is coming back healthy off the offensive side of the ball. I think the Steelers, as much as I love Mike Tumlin and what he does up there, I still, still think they're going to be a little bit behind the ball. They're just trying to get Pickett up to speed and what he kind of needs to do in a, cr- a crucial situation here. So I like Tampa Bay, too, here up in the Steelers. Panthers 1-4. They're going to have Steve Wilkes leading them as the interim head coach. They're going to go to L.A. to play the Rams 2-3. and three, Coming off back-to-back losses at SoFi Stadium. Baker Mayfield has a high ankle sprain. If there's ever a game for the Rams to get back on track, this is the game playing a Carolina team that is down in the dumps right now trying to work themselves back up within L.A. I'm going to go with them here. 29-13. Their offensive line continues to be an issue because of injuries and Stafford's getting clobbered. I mean, the Cowboys five sacks on Sunday. So they have a lot of things to clean up. But if there was ever a matchup that they wanted to say, all right, we're going to get back on track. We're going to play the football that we're used to playing under Sean McVay. This is it. So I'll go with the Rams here. Yeah, I think the Rams have something to prove off of the uh, <clears throat> the close loss, the loss that they had the other day as well. Um, I, I like um, McVay coming back and responding. He he's a guy that always tends to come back and show what he can do and and not throw it. I want to see him get Allen Robinson more involved. I think once they get Allen Robinson involved, quick game, different things of that sort. Since your old line is down, what do you do? You go to quick game and do different sorts, not to put a lot of pressure on your old line. I think the defense is going to respond. Jalen Ramsey always does a good job of coming up in the clutch. And I think uh, with the Carolina team, with um, the motions that they stuff they have, their coach being gone and trying to, you know, just piece it together to the end of the season i like the rams here as well cardinals at seahawks here two and three for arizona nearly had that win on sunday 2017 a missed field goal was what led to them losing that game at home to the philadelphia eagles they're gonna go take on a divisional rival the seattle seahawks who are also two and three this game i think is gonna be almost a, a shootout because geno smith has been playing some really good football and arizona's secondary has been a weak spot this year, and they're still looking for more depth at corner. I'm going to roll with Arizona, though, JJ, 31-27. Kyler Murray, I always go with a team that has a more dynamic quarterback that has the ability to lead a game-winning drive. I think Kyler Murray is that in this matchup against Geno Smith. So Arizona, I like them to get it done, although it'll be close. Yeah, I like Arizona as well. I think Kyler Murray, like I say, we we talked about this uh, week after week of uh, him and Cliff, uh, the head coach, and just trying to get them together. I don't understand why um, there's not as clicking as, as well as they should be, especially coming off the year that they had last year. But uh, here's my hats off to Geno Smith and what he's doing up in Seattle. He's playing some great ball with a team that we didn't think would be as good, and they still find a ways to play go- close games and win as well. So uh, I like Arizona here. I think Kyler Murray and that team find a way to get it done up in Seattle. One of the best matchups of Week Six, 3:30 p.m. time slot. Bills four and one at the Chiefs four and one. This is going to be a mega game to watch. These two teams have history going back the last couple of years in the playoffs. The Chiefs getting the better end of the stick against Buffalo. They'll be back at Arrowhead. You know those fans are going to be crazy. JJ, I can't wait to watch. I'm going to go with Kansas City here. 38-34. Patrick Mahomes 
is playing at another level. I know Josh Allen is also continuing to function that offense in Buffalo at a very high level. But defensively, Kansas City has shown some things, especially with that pass rush with Chris Jones, George Karloftis, their first-round pick, and then Frank Clark. When he is right, he's also a difference maker. And then the linebacking unit led by Nick Bolton, this Kansas City front will make a play when it is needed on Sunday. I just can't go against Mahomes right now, especially playing at home. Now, they're playing in Buffalo. Maybe we're having a different story. But Kansas City right now with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jarek McKinnon, your guy from Georgia Southern, Uh who's given him that spark on the ground as well. Travis Kelsey, four touchdowns. I mean, he is unstoppable so i'm gonna give the edge to kansas city here but it should be a fun one give me the chiefs 38 34 yeah i like the chiefs as well i was gonna roll buffalo man but until somebody showed me that they can stop Mahomes, and like i told you that that quarterback tight end duo that they have there is probably one of the best ones i've seen around in the league for a while uh compared to uh romo and Witten. i think those two guys just understand each other, understand how to find the softness in the defense. You know who's going to get the ball. We know who's going to um, be their top receiver when they still can't find a way to get it done. And like you say, hell Southern to my guy, Jared McKinney. He's playing some great ball right now. He always tends to show up and give the Kansas City the, the dish, um, a disadvantage when they need a spark and also being a mismatch against linebackers or different things when lining out wide too. And I think, like you said, that defense is playing great ball too. Um, the secondary is holding it, holding it in place, not letting them get beat over the top. Chris Jones and them is doing a good job of getting out to the pass rusher. And when you have all four, all three parts of the game playing good ball like that, it's kind of hard to beat, especially in Arrowhead. So give me Chiefs as well. Now the one I'm most interested in here, JJ, the Dallas Cowboys, four and one, taking on the Philly Eagles, five and zero, oh, unbeaten. Marquee matchup in the NFC East division. Winner gets that number one spot. Obviously, you know who I'm rolling with, the Dallas Cowboys here, JJ. I'm gonna roll with them just because. How about them Cowboys? Of course, coming off a big win at the Super Bowl champions' home turf, they were able to get it done defensively. Dan Quinn deserves an immense amount of credit for putting these players in positions to succeed. Micah Parsons coming off the edge to Marcus Lawrence. And Dorrance Armstrong needs some respect on his name. He is playing some tremendous football with that punt block on Sunday. Also, that strip sack. As long as a team has that defense to support them in a primetime game, it's always going to give that offense an opportunity to win the game. Now, we'll see about Dak Prescott. I think it's still unlikely that he plays this Sunday night, so it's going to be Cooper Rush again. He's definitely going to have to do more than 100 yards of passing in order to beat this Eagles team, J.J., uh, Mm -hmm. because Jalen Hurts in that offense is playing some really elite level of football. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I can't go against my Cowboys. 27-24. They find a way to get it done. Defense forces a couple of turnovers. They get another touchdown on defense. They walk out of Philly with the WJJ. So that's how I'm uh, seeing this matchup. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to go. How about them Cowboys too, man? I can, I, it's hard to go against them. They are playing some great ball. Um, defensively, Dan Quinn, um, he has put together a masterpiece there. Those guys are having great chemistry. They are showing that they understand down and distance. They're playing great um, situational football. And also the offense as well. Cooper Rush, man, he has the guys' confidence. He has those guys believing in him. He showed week in, week out that he can do it consistently. And I think their defense is going to be one of the best, if not the top three, uh, top top defense in the league right now, man. They're playing some great ball. So for that, 
I'm going to have them to go into Philly and take take this dub back to Dallas. Yes, sir. I hope we're both right on Sunday night. I can't wait to watch the game. I'm already nervous, and that's because we're just on Tuesday. Absolutely. To close things out, we're going to see Broncos country, who's been just an abysmal performing team in Russell Wilson's first season, along with Nathaniel Hackett taking on the Chargers 3-2. and two. This one is at SoFi Stadium on Monday Night Football. Reports came out about Russell Wilson playing with that partially torn lat, but his decision-making, though, in primetime on Thursday was questionable once again. You even texted me like what's going on with Russell Wilson and you know I was working the game but I saw the very end and watched the highlights back and he just doesn't look comfortable and you know he has all the weapons he needs with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler and Albert O they're tied in I haven't seen enough to be convinced that they can go on the road to take on a very talented Chargers team led by Justin Herbert so I'm going to go with the Chargers here 24-17 the Broncos defense may keep them in this game. Pat Sertan is a heck of a corner. Bradley Chubb has also got about four or five sacks this season. But the oh. Chargers, I think, get it done here, J.J., at home. I can't pick Denver right now considering what I've seen. Yeah, uh, Denver has showed a lot of inconsistency. Um, even the fact that you have one of your best uh, players and Russell Wilson battling an injury going into a Chargers team that's loaded as well defensively as well as offensively too. Um, like you said, there's just it's no rhythm, it's no consistency over there. I know he's doing the best he can. Like I said, their defense is playing some great ball, but it's only so much that you can expect for your defense, especially when your quarterback is uh, high caliber and it can make plays down the field with his feet as well as making everybody else around him better. Uh, I think we talked about this early on in our podcast this year, um, that it's going to take some time for those guys to gel and get together. And um, just for the sake of that, man, I think the Chargers are uh, close to something great here. Uh, I think they get a chance to put it off here and win this as well. Those are our week six picks right there, running through the slate of games. There should be some good ones. And as we move forward into the season, can't believe we already have more than a quarter of the season gone. And looking forward to seeing how these teams perform so we can come right back next Tuesday and break down the matchups, JJ. But again, man, appreciate your time. I know you've got a lot going on as well on your plate, working out, staying in shape. And it's always good to get your player analysis on the podcast. Listeners certainly enjoy it. And let's watch some good football this weekend. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Thank you for uh, uh, working with me this morning. And like you say, uh, you know, I wasn't going to miss it for nothing in the world, man. And I'm excited for this week's, uh, this week's games and, and these week's showdown this week. So I'm um, excited for that and also looking forward to next week. Yes, sir. How about them Cowboys, man? Have a blessed rest of the day. All right. You too. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.